You're listening to Character Crusade. Welcome, everybody, to Character Crusade Podcast. This is episode 40. 40, believe it. We just barely made it to 40, apparently. <laughs> maybe that's maybe the tech world was out uh, to get us because we're at yeah, 40. Yeah. My name is Stu. And I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. You know, yes. there, was a, there was a distinctive silence there in the middle. Who's missing? Uh, the guy who messed up our technical stuff, oh, he, he's not man. here tonight. So He caused everything yep. to derp. So Yep, yep, yep. It was the chewing gum he, he jammed in the mixing board <laughs> last time we recorded. I thought so, that maybe it was because he thought that the uh, CD loading tray was a toaster. That could be it, too. Okay. All right. No. So, hey, um, tonight is going to be kind of fun. We have um, Michael from Skyrim Addict joining us. Welcome, Michael. How's it going? Good. Do you prefer Michael or Mike? Uh, it, uh, it either or it really doesn't or, matter. Or okay. do you have something else that you prefer to go by yeah. altogether? Uh, <laughs> like Tic Tac or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Mike or Michael, whatever. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. We got Mike. Um, so uh, this is going to be fun. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Mike's project and some of the things that they have going on. But mainly we're just going to talk shop about Skyrim and... Uh, Mike is a console player, so I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things we can talk about with regard to vanilla play, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that because that's a perspective we don't get enough on the show um, because we are so heavily immersed in mods and creating mods and you know junk like that. I think sometimes uh, I lose touch with the experience that got me into this whole thing and you know, from the start. First two years I played this game, I played it exclusively on Xbox, and I started my channel on Xbox. And so uh, there were there were things about this game that uh, were so compelling for me that um, playing on console, I, I wore out a disc and started a second. So I, I'm excited to talk about those things. And uh, before we do that, however... We are going to get into some announcements. We have some kind of important things we want to cover. First... 
let's talk about where we are in the tour. This tour is going to be over the the Skyrim Virtually Immersive Tour 2016. It's totally immersive. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's it's overpowered, lore friendly, and mostly immersive. It is. That, okay. That's that's how we that's how we couch this whole Thanks thing. Thanks for setting me straight. I know. Well, hey, you know, we got to get it right. <laughs> uh, that's what the T-shirt says, so it's got to be true. Oh, that's um, very right. That's yeah. very right. So tonight we're broadcasting from the Silver Blood Inn, and. Um, I, I would like to just have everybody note that you, you will notice this during the broadcast that there is an interesting glitch going on in the footage that I'll be showing you in the background. And there's a gentleman in the tavern that I, I refer to as the rollerblader. You'll see him for yourself. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're at the Silver Blood Inn tonight. And after tonight, we've only got four more stops the rollerblader. Yes, the Skyrim rollerblader. I'm sorry to be laughing, but no, it must no, be riding on something. You'll see. If you'll you find see. the Skyrim rollerblader, please call that person out to you all know, of your chat friends. I'm sure they've seen it already. They've probably <laughs> seen all the damn footage I gathered because we spent so much time in purgatory. Technical purgatory, uh, yeah. exactly. So we've only got four stops left. The virtually immersive tour is going to be over on December 19th. It is. Um, yeah, that will be the last date on the tour, which we'll be broadcasting from the Retching Netch. What that'll be a great passport stamp, the Retching Netch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, what better place to to have your last broadcast than from the Retching Netch? You know, That's so apropos. Just go out with everybody barfing uh, in, <laughs> in concert. Um, so, uh, what I wanted to mention is that up until up until tonight. We had been talking about the possibility of adding additional dates to the tour. We have decided not to add additional dates. There's a very specific reason why, and it's a very exciting one that we can't divulge right now. Uh, but we are um, we are working out the details on adding some very interesting uh, and fun content to this podcast that requires that we kind of be able to reset in the first of the year. So we will be officially ending the virtually immersive tour on December 19th. But what does that mean going forward? Well, what it means is that starting in 2017, we will be streaming. However, we will only be doing a green screen style live stream once mm -hmm. a month as opposed to twice a month. And the alternating uh, podcasts will be doing an audio only stream. And that is going to free us up to be able to continue to do our, our wayward content. It was the really the only way uh, with this new project we're working on that we would be able to accomplish that. So that's kind of what we're going to what we're going to be going to in the future. There will be some announcements coming out over the next couple of weeks about what this exciting new thing is that we're going to be working on. Mm -hmm. We're we're very pumped, uh, but the only way to make it work was to uh, kind of change up our format starting January 1st. So you can look forward to that. Expect to hear nice something from us in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Start the first of the year with a brand new thing. Um, you know, 2016 was all about the virtually immersive tour and building the green screen studio. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to use it in 2017 because it's just too much fun not to. Um, <laughs> you know, That's very true. So we're still looking for ideas on places that we can prod broadcast from next year. And we can, we will have... By the end of 2016, we will have broadcast from all kind of the the main taverns around Skyrim and Solstheim. Uh, so we can start adding some other locations after that. But we will only be doing the green screen broadcast once 
per month. So does that mean I get to start wearing green again? It does, yes. On the off-broadcast nights, you can wear your green shirt finally again. I'm really glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Moving on, we have some news from Patreon and iTunes. Take it away, Matthew. All right. Well, we have 37 amazing five-star ratings in iTunes now, and probably the briefest of all has come in here on October 14th from (laughs) Dark Lord Jesus Breath. Who Thank says God. now? <laughs> Dark Lord Jesus Breath speaks <laughs> after all this time. Yeah, I know. Uh, it says now I have to listen to them all, and I think that for anyone who hasn't listened to them all, it's a perfect time to start. Right? Yeah. All of this stuff is out on SoundCloud, so if you yep. uh, want to take this in the car. I would absolutely advocate that you do so from SoundCloud and not from YouTube, uh, unless you've got a really fantastic uh, connection, because watching our videos while you're driving is a really, really bad idea. Um, (laughs) However, you can get us on SoundCloud and through iTunes and uh, other places as well. So thank you. This is going to be the weirdest thank you ever. Yes. Thank you, Dark Lord Jesus Breath. (laughs) Yes. Hey, Hey, Mike, you don't happen to know who Dark Lord Jesus Breath is, do you? I do not. Okay. <laughs> just asking. Just asking. I was thinking maybe it was Victor since he listened to all the episodes. In yeah. One day. Yeah. <laughs> wait a, wait a minute. I thought about that too. Hang on. Say that again. Someone listened to all the episodes in one day? Victor, who's uh, uh, on Skyrimatic uh, a lot, um, he, he drove to Florida from upstate New York and listened to all the episodes. Wow. Holy hell. I, we need to give him some sort of an award. I know. We have uh, quite a few episodes in our catalog that are more than two hours long. That is, yeah. uh, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. He blew through them in a day. and Well, I guess between the drive down and the drive back. Mm-hmm. And he made it to Florida and back and is still living. Yes. Skyrim and, Rollerblader. And... There he is. Oh, sweet. <laughs> okay, now watch. It, it's, it's a, <laughs> a progressively, it gets progressively worse and worse. There's, each time he he rides his rollerblades, he goes a little bit further oh, that's cool. than he did last time until he's actually shooting off screen, which is super fun. And then he resets. So you know what it is? Know. Is he's trying to build up a static charge with those socks. He's going that to the back be. and he's going to zap somebody. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I can um, only imagine doing that. Yeah. Is this is this a stone floor or a wood that, floor? That's a stone floor, but I'm I'm guessing it's highly uh, it would, polished. Yeah, it would have to be because. Yeah. The, the, He's getting some. <laughs> he's getting some serious some really G's good going. distance. Yeah, that's so fantastic. You may continue, sir. Sorry. All right. So anyway, we also have a couple of folks who joined us on Patreon, and thank you for everyone who has uh, been with us on Patreon. Rikon, who many of you will understand, uh, is joining from Rikon Roleplays, and of course, since you can see that on the screen here, helps. And Victor Hoyt have joined us on Patreon. For those who have uh, been wondering whether now is the right time to join Patreon, mm-hmm. folks join for a dollar, five dollars. You know, we're still waiting for those $25,000 contributors, but we know one's going to (laughs) come. But for right now, I just want you know, again, for everybody who's joining us, it's helping us. Now, hang on. Let me stage this really very carefully. Despite the amount of technology that we're depending on here that we have tried desperately not to screw up time and time again, um, it is making the podcast better every time. Um, I would invite you to look uh, back over the first few podcasts and uh, and judge for yourself whether things have gotten better. But, you know, we're surrounded by more wires here than we could have possibly imagined. And that's largely due uh, to folks joining us on Patreon. Yeah, so thank you very lot. much, Rikon and Victor, <laughs> yeah, for, for surrounding us in wires. That, yeah. is, uh, that is actually our Victor. That, Victor, otherwise known as Dark Lord Jesus Breath. Yes, yeah, we'll assume he's that. Also. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to look you right in the yeah. eye and say, thank you, Dark Lord Jesus Breath. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> well, okay. That that takes care of, I think, anything that we want to cover tonight in terms of, of announcements. We just like to get the thank yous out there because really uh, – Every little bit of support on on Patreon certainly helps, and Patreon fluctuates. We have people who contribute for a while, and then they drop off, and they come back again later. So having um, kind of a a continual uh, influx of of people contributing even a a dollar each uh, helps us a ton, and it's really cool to see Rykon contributing. Um, I've been contributing to his his, uh, Patreon campaign for a while now, uh, as well as gophers and a number of others. So mm-hmm. if you've got, uh, you know, your favorite favorite podcasts out there, if you've got uh, YouTube channels that you go to time and again for entertainment, consider contributing if you can. If you can't, buy a T-shirt or something. That works, too. Yeah. Uh, wait, a too. T-shirt? What? Oh, yeah. Look at Check yeah. that out. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so we're sporting there. the T-shirts today, yeah. uh, partly because uh, well, mm-hmm. Stu was pretty smelly before he changed his shirt. Oh so, my God, it's um, bad. Yeah, but also because people yeah. have been asking how these things look in real life, because of course the models on our shop are not quite as buff as we are. That's true. Yeah, That's so true. it makes yeah. a big difference yeah, to yeah, show yeah, them yeah. on a potty. Now uh, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. have Joe here, or we'd be able to show the ladies' shirts too. So look at Rollerblader go. Look at him. <laughs> look at that is insane. He's flying now. That's look awesome. at that. Yeah, I don't know what mod is that. That's from a mod. It's got to be from a mod because that uh, is not a vanilla character. If anybody knows what that uh, rollerblading mod is, please let us know. It's, uh, we're it's desperate pretty to know. awesome. Though. <laughs> okay, so uh, I can I, one other thing. What for all the people who stuck with us through the technical difficulties? Everybody, thank you very much for sticking with us. Uh, you know, there's a couple dozen of you uh, who are joining us on our live stream uh, this episode, and I just want to say thank you for staying with us. It means the world to me. Now look what you did. You made him cry. Good God. Oh, my God. You're awesome. Every one of you, you're <laughs> awesome. No matter what time of day or night it is, it's awesome that you stayed with us, so thank you. All right. Let's do this. Let's let's get into this thing, shall we, Mike? <laughs> Mike. Mike's been with us for a while, too, through the trials and tribulations of technology Poor as well. Guy. But we have an awful lot of questions for you because mm-hmm. we want to learn a lot from you tonight, yeah. Michael. Let's, let's talk a little bit about this because um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, Skyrimatic has actually been around a little bit longer than Character Crusade has. And it was interesting because about the time that I was – you know, thinking about this idea of starting a Skyrim-focused podcast, it was because I had gone out to iTunes so many times looking for podcast content only to find the same crap over and over again. And, and yeah. by crap, I mean really good podcast, <laughs> but one that wasn't being made anymore. And um, so I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to do this. And then, boom, suddenly uh, Skyrim Addict drops, and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, somebody somebody beat me to the punch, and I listened to your first few first few um, episodes, and I'm like, oh, I get what he's doing. There's room for two of us here because my focus is different. And why don't you give everybody a little bit of a rundown on on what Skyrimatic is, how you started it, and sort of this whole evolution of of ASA podcasting. I, I guess I kind of started it for the same reason uh, you. We're thinking of starting at, at the same time. Um, the shows at that time, uh, Thumcast had ended, and the other shows that were starting to focus on ESO. So I was like, I wasn't going to play ESO because at the time I was only playing on console anyway, and we know that didn't come out for like whatever 
three years later on the console or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it but um, so I was like, oh, let's just I'll start one where I just talk about playing Skyrim. And then uh, a couple of people started emailing in Victor, mm-hmm. who is a Patreon member now. And okay. uh, Colin, who's on the show and Andrew, who runs the roundtables, all started emailing in and then became parts of the show. And then somebody, uh, a guy, Ben, actually started doing a lore show for us and then some other people hopped on so it kind of just grew from there just basically from just talking about gameplay yeah um, mm-hmm. i think the first episode was like four minutes or something <laughs> yeah, it was pretty short i mean it, it, yeah it couldn't have been more than five or ten minutes maybe yeah but it was a hundred percent more than there was before <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's true i think what i liked about it was i i think um there's some truth to this whole thing right of of just having the same idea my frustration was that i was having all these great experiences as a skyrim and at the time none of my friends were playing the game and i literally had nobody to share the experience with yep and i thought man i just want somebody to talk to about all the fun i'm having here and so that's kind of when i started my youtube channel was because of that and then eventually the podcast the podcast became a an idea once joe started playing Mm. And he and I were having these great conversations. I'm like, finally, I got somebody to talk to about this. We had all these great phone conversations. Like, why aren't we doing this somewhere in, where we can share it with everybody else? So that's I think cool. it comes from the same place, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically the same thing. I, I just wanted to talk about the game. I was like, nobody's talking about the game anymore. And I'm still playing, like, I don't know, three hours a day or whatever it was at that point. Probably not that much because I'm married and have a kid, so... That's just a dream to be playing that much. Only but so um, many hours in the day right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, at that point, my son was actually starting to play because he was like five. Um, so you know, I had him killing bears and things like that. But uh, cool. Yeah, it was just a way to share the stories about the game. That was essentially it, and then it just kind of grew from there. And um, you know, we started a round table, which Andrew pretty much runs, where everybody gets rolled a random character and has to kind of play it. Which, mm-hmm. uh, nice. <clears throat> That kind of took on a life of its own and then went over and they're doing it on Fallout now. But we're bringing it back since Skyrim's coming back. So Skyrim Roundtable will be doing yeah. it again. But, uh, yeah, I like – and it, for me it was like uh, I just wanted to do something easy. Um, I'd done a couple shows before that and there was a lot of scheduling issues and things like that. And I was like, I'm just going to do something solo where I don't have to worry about scheduling anything because I can walk to the basement and do whatever I want whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big advantage. As a bonus. Yeah, yeah. And I like talking to myself, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this this isn't your first don't rodeo. This is yourself. your first rodeo when it comes to podcasting. So kind of what's your background with podcasting? I know you've done some other shows before. Yeah, I, it's probably been, a, gosh, seven, eight, eight years maybe. I don't know, uh, something like that. Um, I'd started a couple others. Um, I actually did one about Deadliest Catch. Okay. Uh, did you really? That would be cool. Yeah, we did one for a couple of years. We interviewed a couple of the people on the show. That was fun. Wow, that's uh, cool. It was just, it, that was one of those ones where I actually had to schedule stuff and actually right. uh, watch something and do that. So that became a, a bit of a problem. Right. Um, yeah, but time. the DVR write-off was probably pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote off my TV so that was sweet. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I loved art. you on that episode where it was cold. Yeah, <laughs> that one where you guys like almost got washed over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever wear a life preserver like just because you can? 
that that one where there was just no crabs in the in the, bat, in the <laughs> yeah. cage. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. And you had a co-host on that one. What was? Uh, how did you guys get started on that? As a as a. Well, it's focus? most of the people I know from podcasting before um, Skyrim. I met through like uh, the Lost community. Oh, um, okay. Hmm. Uh, like uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a Jay and Jack podcast. Um, it was a big Lost podcast back in the day. Okay. But uh, I kind of have a lot of friends from there, and it, it kind of grew. All that, all, everything kind of branched from there. Okay. Right. Cool. Now start somewhere. Yeah, I know exactly. I'm podcasting is an interesting thing. I mean, I'm there. There are a couple different schools of thought. You know, I think. You hear a lot of people say, well, no one's going to listen to you if the sound quality is bad, so you got to do this and this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> did we do any and of those things today? No, we did none of those things. <laughs> we did none of those things ever, okay? All right. Um, all right. Fair. But I'm of the school of thought that the best thing you can do is get started right away no matter what you got. And um, I, that's what I like about the whole thing. I mean, uh, this isn't my first podcast either, and some of the podcasts I've done in the past, I've recorded content on my iPhone earbuds, you know? Wow. So, yeah, I, I love the idea of just sort of the um, the everyman grassroots kind of feel of podcasting. There's so many people who have really great things to say and really interesting insights about all kinds of different topics. And we're kind of, I think, in this sort of, I don't know, bonanza time right now with with podcasts where there's so many of them coming out, you couldn't possibly keep track of, of even a handful. And, um, and it's a good thing we're here. Well, yeah. And it's unfortunate in a way that the podcasting technology space has not really kept up with the rest of the internet because there's a lot of awesome content out there. I'm sure that nobody's finding just because the tools are either suck or, are are so archaic and and impossible to understand that people who have really good content can't get found, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. There, there's just so much out there now yeah. that I mean, to get recognized is mm-hmm. uh, unless you fit like in a like perfect niche, it's like yeah, it's impossible. Because um, I know when uh, friends of mine started, they were they would pop up on the you know, the main iTunes charts, like in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And now, like, that, that's, unless you're a, a comedian, <laughs> you're not yeah. on any charts or whatever. You yeah. Know? It, it's or, unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody, there's nobody who knows how the iTunes podcast ranking algorithm works. Yeah. I, and <laughs> I'm convinced that that includes people at Apple. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If Dan Benjamin doesn't know how it works, nobody knows how it works. <laughs> you know? like All right. Call him out. Yeah. Dan Benjamin, uh, he, he's the guy who runs the 5x5 Five Five Podcast Network, which is the, the ultimate podcast network out there. He does amazing things. He's got really cool hosts like Merlin Mann and, you know, all these all these characters, right? And, you know, he does a podcast where he tries to help people who are starting their own podcast be successful. And he had a whole episode on that topic. Like, how the hell do you get ranked <laughs> in iTunes? And nobody knows, including him. So it's oh, it's a racket, but whatever. Yeah, along like five years ago, you could pop up on there. Uh, and you can still, uh, especially in the uh, in 
certain uh, mm-hmm. category, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so much harder now. There's just so much more out there. But it's also good because there's so much more out there. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what I really appreciate about the work that you guys are doing is just the the genuine the genuineness of it, if that's a word. That's um, a good word. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. I, I listened to an episode recently where you were actually interviewed by one of your listeners. Did, <laughs> did he just like approach you and say, hey, man, I really want to interview you. Can we do this? Or how did that come to be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he had been on uh, the Fallout feed once or twice. But okay. um, yeah, he just, actually, he lives nearby me, I think, actually, mm-hmm. relatively close anyway. That's but uh, yeah, he just emailed me. He was like, hey, I just want to ask you a bunch of questions before the thing. I was like, all right. whatever i'm up for anything whatever that's like the ultimate endorsement is to have have someone like you know a fan say hey you know maybe people would want to know more about you i think it was really interesting that he got he interviewed you and then that went into your stream which i think is pretty cool yeah it was it was weird that's always odd to me Mm because i'm like hmm you can just ask me mm-hmm. questions. It's all right. Like, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, just a podcast. It's cool. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I was excited to listen to it because you name dropped uh, Character Crusade in that episode, too, which, which yes. I was well, excited about we, that. We talked about it a lot yesterday because of Victor's um, drive back and forth to Oh, Florida. really? But then, of course, I uploaded an episode yeah. from three weeks ago instead of the correct episode. I saw you tweet on that today because I listened to it. Like I, I'm like, oh, ooh, it's 105. I got to listen to this. And I tuned well, it in in the car, and I'm like, I swear to God I heard this episode before it was a best of it was a best of yeah. <laughs> oh but yeah somebody uh, uh somebody asked to message me and like, hey uh actually two people did i don't think that's the right episode and i'm like are oh. you sure i'm like of course it's not <laughs> yeah oh no because all i'm trying to do is to troll y'all wouldn't know what to do if anything went smoothly uh exhib- exhibit a right here yeah we'll we'll show a picture for everyone who has joined us on facebook mm-hmm or wants to join us on Facebook, a little picture of the technical yeah. setup that we've got here and one yeah. of the reasons why a couple of amateur uh, guys here oh. may have a little issue with the podcasting setup. So, I swear to God. You hey, know, we've done it 40 times. It's gotten a little bit better. I have to say, no, no, let me, let's be fair. This was the worst it's ever been. <laughs> true, true. And oh. now we can blame it on And Jeff. that's why I cut you off from the live stream the second time around, because it, I didn't want you to hear the things I was saying, because Stu it wasn't was, very nice. Uh, Stu was using grown-up words. I was, yes. I and was using my grown-up words. that's why we've got the, uh, the explicit rating on everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, we gave up on that a long time ago. I switched it to explicit after the first three episodes. I'm yep. like, okay, I, you know, whatever. I had to because that's just how I talk. So yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm eventually just going to say something. Mm-hmm. So I may as well just put it on there just in case. Yeah, it's, now, a, it's a fail safe. One of the things that I would like to say, since a couple of people have called it out, we are working in um, a repurposed space here in which Stu uh, has to transition from his regular Clark Kent job into a room where we have green screen uh, behind Mm -hmm. us. So occasionally when you see some uh, white artifacting behind us, it's because the wind is blowing uh, (laughs) behind us and the imperfect green screen uh, isn't perfect. So What are you saying my green screen isn't perfect? you got a lot of nerve, buddy. (laughs) I'm in awe of your green screen, Stu. Um, My, My mommy sewed this thing together for me. 
Hey, your mommy only sewed part of it together. No, she didn't. For those who are looking to green screen, though, there is green chroma paint that you can use that is fantastically expensive, or you can buy one of these awesome sheets, uh, and this works really pretty well as long as you don't move or breathe. Correct. So it's great. So everybody... But anyway, those are the kinds of things. Again, we go back to the Patreon thing. We weren't able to do these things before we had some support from the folks on Patreon, so thanks. That's what allows us to sit here in this incredible Skyrim land here wearing our awesome shirts uh, yes. and mostly blending in. So thanks, everybody. Mostly, yes. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about your experience getting into Skyrim. So um, you're you're playing, what, are you playing on Xbox or PlayStation? Well, actually, no. I, I, what are you doing? I play on PC now. Oh, you do? Um, okay. The first, oh, no, like, no, no. We're talking about when you started. <laughs> when I started, I played on 360 for like okay. three years. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Um, How is that different? Talk a little bit about the 360 versus on the PC. Uh, number one, load screens. Um, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. get to play a lot more because the load screens aren't four hours long. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's an issue. Uh, I think that was the biggest drawback, honestly, was the uh, that was what moved me over finally, eventually, was the, the load screen issue. I was just like, this is unbearable. I would mm-hmm. walk into my house because, of course, I hoarded everything, and it would take, like, two minutes <laughs> to actually get inside the oh, house. Oh, yeah. Because it had to draw all of the little pieces of everything you had picked up all oh. over Skyrim. All yeah. 1,200 or, cheese wheels. <laughs> yeah, I would have, yeah. Every a, book. A chest full of gems and a chest full of swords and a chest full of ingots and, a, you know, nice. yeah. the, the typical yeah. hoarding issue that comes about in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so it would take me two to three, four, five minutes. Who knows? It, it felt like forever. And I was like, I, I can't. I can't. I have to. <laughs> I have to resolve this issue somehow. The Xbox had mm-hmm. to think too much. I remember having the same issue. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I heard it was actually worse on PlayStation. I never played it on PlayStation though. Me either. I was always a 360 guy myself. So. Yeah, yes, I, I. I did pick it up. Uh, I picked it up day one because I played Oblivion. I was an Oblivion player. Okay. I love. I probably put a thousand hours into that. Wow. Yeah. And. Uh, Sounds about right. Then when Skyrim came out, I was like, "Man, this is like hit every hit, hit everything that I wanted." Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was just perfect. And I have to admit, the first time I played it, I didn't know how the uh, the perk trees worked. Ah, okay. So my character was like level thirty, and I had never used any perks yet. Really? Wow, I, that must have just been like the biggest shopping spree holy ever. Holy hell! It was. It was crazy. So like, um. um <laughs> It was great because I was like leveling up like crazy because I was doing so little damage with like regular weapons and stuff. Oh you my were god! Level thirty, and you were yeah, fight, you were fighting things at level thirty with level zero with, stuff with no perks yeah, with no perks at all. Yeah. It wow. was hard. It was not easy. <laughs> you must have been like fast on that sword swinging, button mashing. No uh, and then yeah. I like unloaded all the perks at once, and I'm like, wow, I'm really powerful. <laughs> See, now I would have taken it as, wow, do I get to go into this perk tree this often? You know, I've been playing for a thousand hours, but wow, do I get to go in and spend 30 perk tree oh. points every time? Yep. Oh, Sweet. man, that was amazing. But I, the first time, it was, and I, that was probably the first like two days because God knows how many hours I played those first couple days. But uh, <laughs> oh. all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can put stuff in these trees. Oh, or constellations. But I'm uh-huh. like, oh. all of the above. 
That is great. It's really funny because everybody's got a story like that. Most people have a story like that. Matt, of course, has the Naked Nord story where he was playing in first person and didn't realize that he had no armor equipped. <laughs> yeah, okay. but I also had almost no clothing on whatsoever. That's what I mean. Except a helmet. No- nothing yeah. equipped. He was basically in a loincloth. <laughs> That's great. You know, I was like, why am I taking so much damage? Oh, I don't know. Well, look. Oh, yes, I am, I'm adventuring in my underwear. I guess that would explain it. Um, my story was that I left Helgen, and I went totally a different direction than the way that the game is steering you. And oh, yeah. I, I, played, I played up until probably level 15 or so. With, without realizing that I, I hadn't advanced the main quest line, I didn't have a standing stone that would have gotten me a 20% bonus on leveling mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm throwing this character away and starting over and, and, and acting as if I know what's going on. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, I mean, I, I went all the way from Helgen to Riften, basically you know, walking in sneak mode the entire time, absolutely yeah. terrified, not knowing what I was going to encounter and whether I could defeat it. Um, at that point, I was so, like, gun-shy about combat because I had never played an Elder Scrolls game before, ever, and just didn't know what I was up against. I just knew the environment looked amazing, and I wanted to see more of it. And if I could somehow survive to get over the next hill to see the next view, it was worth it, you know? So... Yeah, but you know, you learn very quickly, I guess. I, I it's amazing to me that you could play that far with no perks. It's incredible, actually. It it was uh from what I remember it was pretty difficult. I did take that character to level it what was it, eighty one in the beginning oh you my can go God. to. God. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I took that character all the way to eighty one um before the uh legendary stuff came out. Yeah, where you could, wow. they looked at that. So I have never made it to eighty one. Ever. No, I maxed out everything. Oh man, and and like some of the stuff, like heavy armor, I would just stand in the middle of White Run and just uh, hit a guard in the face and <laughs> stand there and just let them all beat on me. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Because it was really the only way to get it, you know, to grind that up at that level. Because you're just not. Yeah. It just takes forever when mm-hmm. you get up that high. Well, when when you're playing for yourself, when let's. When when you're doing one of your solo podcast episodes, mm-hmm. are you playing a different character than what you would play for one of your roundtable episodes then? Yeah, yeah. The roundtable okay. generally will be a whole separate specific uh, character just, yeah. just for that. Because uh, let's see. The last one we did was Necromancers. Um, mm-hmm. we, we all played as Necromancers. And I think we went through the Dawnguard storyline. Um, like previous to that, we had done Dragonborn and the main quest and Civil War, things like that, mm-hmm. and had characters for each one. Sometimes we've carried them through, like one or two roundtables, but uh, usually it's uh, just in the one, and then we okay. start it with a new one. So is the is the roundtable typically always focused on a particular type of character, or are there episodes focused on particular quest lines as well, or both? In the past, it's it's mostly been the quest lines, but everybody yeah. gets a different style character. That way, oh. we get different viewpoints of how people went through the quest lines. Oh, that oh, makes we sense. We did Daedric, too. We did all the Daedric quests as well, one of them. Okay, cool. Well, I love that concept because um, I think it, well, I think it makes for a really interesting discussion to hear other people's take on how to pursue 
particular idea in Skyrim. You guys have done some episodes recently. Well, <laughs> um, in episode 103, you mm-hmm. talked about crafting. Incidentally, you talked about it in, in 105 as well, but then that episode <laughs> went away and is being replaced with something else. So <laughs> what was I, I know you guys were talking a ton about crafting. Um, was that just was that based on a particular character idea or did you just decide you wanted to talk about crafting as a topic? We, we decided to do a couple shows coming up because of the, you know, uh, special edition coming out um, mm-hmm. to do just basic vanilla kind of stuff with, you know, with kind of an idea of the yeah. basic mods that may hit consoles, you know, touching on that a little bit. Right. But we wanted to have like a like a guide basically for people who are just going to play it for the first time, because I assume there's going to be a bunch of people doing that since it has been five years. So you have a whole group of people who weren't really old enough to play it previously who may be picking it up now gotcha. um, so like we did the uh, the crafting one uh yesterday we actually talked about factions mm-hmm. uh, all the factions and uh i think that's it because uh we don't have that much time left <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we just wanted to touch on some things that uh you know new players would uh would be interested in because we we've there has been an uptick in interest, so I assume it's from people who are either coming back to the game or who are going to start it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of wanted to go back to the basics a little bit since we haven't done that for quite a while. Yeah. I have this idea with 25 million people having bought Skyrim that there's an awful lot of people who are interested in, in playing in general. And I think with the resurgence of the new release, it's going to be humongous for a while here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I think at first people were thinking, oh, man, you know, we we all wanted a, a new game, but what we got was a remaster. Uh, but the closer we get to it, I think the more exciting it is, especially when you consider the the potential it has for bringing a whole new audience of people into the game who can now, you know, try all these, some of these mods that, that the rest of us sort of take for granted, right? Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people who have maybe the last time they played Skyrim was in 2014 or 2015 who are going to come back to the game to see the new graphics and then get hooked on the mods. And we're going to see kind of, uh, I think, a resurgence in role play and excitement about the game, which I'm, I think is pretty awesome. So I agree. I'm stoked I, about I that. I think what's interesting for me about it is the fact that uh, just like an audio file will go by a remastered album that they already have because you'll find things that you never found the first time around. I'm sure that the same thing will happen for people who may have set Skyrim aside for a while. I definitely agree. (laughs) Dude in the background. Rollerblade guys going again. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I like, I recorded footage for the background today and I I saw that guy scooting around and I'm like, man, you know, have I been just recorded like 15 minutes of this guy just flying around the room? Like, all right, I'm keeping it. He's kind of like Tarzan. I don't know. Going down the trees and stuff. Yeah, I just I want some like uh I want some like, you know, seventies funk roller skating music <laughs> to go with that. Maybe a maybe some Funky strobe down. lights in a in a disco, disco ball, ball, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um well I I think it's very, very cool. I mean what I guess I'm wondering what what's the ASA take on the Skyrim remaster? I mean you guys must have some some thoughts on on the remaster and, and its impact on the community and some plans about 
how you're going to approach your podcast going forward after its release. Yeah, you know what? It, we were talking about it a little bit yesterday, and um, well, we're starting up the roundtable again. We're bringing that back because uh, Andrew had started uh, hosting the Fallout feed, um, mm -hmm. our Fallout podcast. I, I stopped playing it a while ago, so he kind of took that over with Karen and all. And uh, so he took the roundtable over there and was doing that with that game. But uh, we, it's just, you know, a lot of us just love Skyrim. <laughs> so it's like, mm -hmm. want to come back there. And uh, oddly enough, all, a bunch of us who play on PC, uh, Victor, Colin, myself, we're all getting it for Xbox One and going to use that for our roundtable characters. Oh. Mm -hmm. Because I think that'll give us a little more insight into how people are experience, experiencing the mods on there and stuff. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that'll be a good vantage point to take it from. Because uh, uh, I haven't played enough Fallout to really know how the... I know I've used a few of the mods on there, but I just haven't put in enough hours to know uh, how well it's worked. But from everything everybody's been saying, it's been going pretty smooth. So, And then uh, Victor was talking yesterday um, that they had given... Uh, Bethesda had given out um, what the creation kit and the yeah. copies and stuff to a bunch of the larger modders like uh, was it Chesco and, and some other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cal on Dirty Weasel, mm -hmm. he he did a little report on that, and um, Chesco is officially not commenting. Okay. <laughs> but well, there, there yeah, there are a lot of there are a number of modders who have it already and have already ported over mods and mods can already be found on Bethesda.net. And um yeah, there's a lot of really interesting things happening right now, not the least of which is is the fact that uh the creator of Mod Organizer has been hired by Nexus. By Nick, yeah, that's you know, we, yeah, we actually talked about that. Yeah, exactly. That's there's so much going on. It's like, and I think that's part of why we're all going to play it on Xbox One is because we don't want to touch our PC ones until we know what's going <laughs> on. Uh, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the big fear right now. It's like, uh, what's going right. to happen? <laughs> with yeah, I, I I confess I don't have an Xbox One, so. Um, I'm going to be sticking with my 32-bit version for now on my PC so I can continue my my role-play stories. Um, <clears throat> but I have no doubt that at some point I'll be making the switch over. Mm -hmm. I don't know really how that's going to take shape yet. I think I'm going to probably wait and see how things shake out with, with Nexus and, mm -hmm. and all of this business. Um, I've gotten so accustomed to using Mod Organizer to manage everything, and I've got profiles, and there's a significant amount of complexity yeah. uh, in my setup that I'm probably just not going to mess with it until I'm absolutely sure that I'm not going to completely hose something up. Um, but, yeah, I think if I had an Xbox, I'd probably be all over that, you know? So... Yeah, that's kind of our, like, safety net, I think, is what we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. To not blow up... Uh, because I have a pretty stable, I have a couple characters that are really stable right now, and I'm like, I just don't want to mess with them because I'm using them. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want. Them I to know, go right? Away. I find that out <laughs> even when I just have a messed up, you know, load order, mm -hmm. you know, and the game says something's missing. Are you sure you still want to play? No, of course I don't want to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. That's the thing, right? You wanna you wanna you spend a lot of time doting over it and 
trying to figure out what mods are going to be in canon for whatever it is you're doing and then kind of trying to discipline yourself about you know downloading anything new that might hose up your setup it's right. um yeah i don't know it, it's it's a little bit frustrating sometimes that you, you know you, you're in a situation where you can't just go out and grab everything but that's the nature of the beast right i mean there are so many things out there that are just terrific mods and and probably twice as many that nobody's updating and you know probably have memory leaks in them and god knows what else going on so yeah <laughs> i can totally sympathize with that so most of the guys that are on asa podcasting then are you guys all running on pc as well then uh most of us are um the only one who mm-hmm. isn't who's on regularly is andrew he plays on um 360 mm-hmm. but he's mostly on fallout anyway until it okay. comes back so Okay. Um, yeah, in the beginning, uh, I mean, I was on 360 for a long time, um, and uh, Andrew was on PlayStation, but uh, everybody else was on PC, I believe, for the most part. Okay, cool. So, I I guess um, you, how many shows do you have on ASA now? Uh, actually, that's a good question. Uh, I think it's no, quiz time. six. Six. Yeah. Go with six. We'll call it six. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh oh yeah, because I start yeah, yeah, there's six. Uh, there's Skyrimatic, uh let's play Skyrim. Or mm-hmm. I do an let's play. Actually not just me, Colin did one too. Uh Andrew who's in the chat, Fallout feed. Um yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's happy to be called out. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. <laughs> Greetings. Thank uh, you for joining. Let's see. My journey with cystic fibrosis. Um uh, which is Jeremy's show, um, and that's actually a charity. We support Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and mm-hmm. uh, Game Talk, which uh, Jeremy also hosts, which is just general mm-hmm. gaming BS. And, oh, the Chatterbox, which I do, which I forgot about, okay. which is a show where we get together like once a month and just talk <laughs> about whatever. Just about anything. Uh, anything at all. It really doesn't matter. Generally yeah. not gaming at all once in a while. That's cool. Mostly just random stuff. Just people I've known for a long time, and we just talk. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. So I, I guess one of the things I'm interested in is um, early on in in your podcast, uh, you know, when you started out, you were kind of going solo, but it wasn't too long after you started that it seemed like you got involved in a podcast network, and I forget what the heck it was called, something to have to do with a shark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was Blake uh, was kind of started that up. Blake and actually Andrew did a show together at one point, mm-hmm. a podcast about podcasts. Oh, okay. The most meta thing in history. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, he had kind of started something up, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'll hop on if you want to, you know, I'll I'll be part of whatever. Right. Just uh, And he was doing a a gaming show with somebody else, I believe, at the time as well. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So did that become ASA, or is that a different thing? No, that was just a separate thing. I I only started... uh, ASA umbrella just because it was more than two shows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, all right, just for uh, ease of finding everything, we'll just make a website and put it all in one place. Nice. Right. Right. So it was more for ease of labeling anything than anything else. Makes sense. Grant plan or anything. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, if you go to um, ASA Podcasting, it's an ASA Podcasting. I think it's ASA Podcasting, right? Yep. Yeah, just asapodcasting.com. Yeah, if you go there, you can find all kinds of um, different shows there. There's, yeah, like 
there's five or six different shows. There's the Fallout one, which I have not listened to. I've been pretty much listening exclusively to Skyrim stuff so far, but uh, that's one I want to take in. And uh, I think uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about tonight for sure, we want to make sure we talked about, and you mentioned just a minute ago, was the charity event that you guys are doing to kind of coordinate with the rollout of Skyrim uh, Special Edition here at the at the end of October for cystic fibrosis. Maybe uh, give us a little bit of information about that. Let people know what they can do to uh, participate. Yeah, so we kind of started it last year. Um, was our first one. Uh, I kind of took the idea from friends of mine who did like a twenty four hour podcast thing for a while and things like that. And uh, we last year we lined it up with the release of Fallout. This year we lined it up with the release of Skyrim again. And uh, basically, we're going to do 12 hours, um, and we are well. We're raising money for Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, CFF.org. Okay. And you can either donate to us, and if you go through us, we have a little raffle we do basically. Right. Uh, have like a Skyrim pack of stuff to give away. A uh, I think there's actually two packs of Fallout kind of memorabilia stuff. Some of the things I picked up at San Diego Comic Con. Some of the things. You know, I bought from Etsy and places like that. Just things you don't normally see. Okay. Um, and uh, and a copy of the most hated game in the world, uh, No Man's Sky, which I actually enjoy. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it might be on the edge of most hated in the world. Yeah, you know, that's true now that I think about it. That's the thing, though. Um, I think the game, it, people should really appreciate the game for the achievement it is. No I mean, kidding. the, the yeah. stuff that it does. It's amazing. Is yeah. amazing. And yes, it may be rough, but what game isn't at launch? And I, I I'm feeling like what what No Man's Sky represents is possibility. You know, the idea yeah. that you could have a procedurally generated world that that has the the possibility you you think about what's going on under the hood with that game and it boggles the mind so oh my God. amazing yeah i i haven't played it myself but i've listened to a lot of the criticism and i've watched some let's plays and stuff like that and i i guess i i don't know that it's a game that i'll play but i certainly appreciate it for the achievement it is and i think it's exciting what it the potential that is there for other games in the future yeah so very cool. You, so you've been liking engine. that, huh? You've been all over that one. Yeah, I it, I kind of play. It's, it's something I can hop in and out of, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't have like it doesn't matter where I'm at. Right. You, can, you know, like sometimes when you don't play a character like in whatever either Skyrim or Oblivion, mm-hmm. what, and then you come back to it after like a couple weeks, and then you're like, wait, where was I? What was I doing? What? Wait, what do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> kind of lose the place? Yeah. It, it, it's more like Minecraft in the sense that you can just hop in it and just start doing your thing. Right. And, you know, uh, so I, I do like it for that because sometimes I just don't really want to quest or think about anything. I just want to, I don't know, play a game for no reason <laughs> whatsoever, right? And just not think for like twenty minutes after work or something. Yeah, something <laughs> to <laughs> occupy your mind for yeah, a little while. You know, fly around space and check out some places. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I I appreciate it for what it is. I mean, it does have its rough spots for sure, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I enjoy it. Yeah, well, maybe the person on the internet who enjoys it, but enjoys it. <laughs> you know, 
It's a fickle community, you know. It, oh my God! It is. There's no such thing as a perfect game. It doesn't matter what you release. There's always some clown somewhere who doesn't like it for whatever reason. Because yeah, you used you know. the wrong color blue, or yeah, yeah, you, it, it really comes it, down to that. And and believe me, or because you call it every man's as opposed to every person's or every being's, or right? Whatever I it might I be. have been criticized on my YouTube channel because Vander's armor is blue by somebody who doesn't like blue. You know, to which my response was um, maybe, not maybe, unkind. Maybe, it maybe wasn't we'll, unkind. Maybe we'll censor but, the content. <laughs> yes, it wasn't unkind, but I was saying a lot of things uh, and not typing them. I, You know, it's just something it, – it's, it's a fact of life, I think, with the community of gamers in which we're engaged. You know, it's just there's always somebody who's not going to like something. So um, yeah. Yeah. when I look at – something like No Man's Sky or any game for that matter, I try to evaluate it based on how I feel like it's advancing the overall landscape of games in general. And I think that No Man's Sky is an achievement, a real achievement um, in many, many ways. So even if I don't play it, even if it's not a game that I um, feel like I can get into, uh, I get really excited about the potential for the things discovered through something like No Man's Sky that could be applied to a game I might play five di- five years down the road or ten years down the road or who knows what. Um, you know, if it's an Elder Scrolls game, 20 years down the road. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe only three or four. Yeah, oh, man, I, I don't even want to think about that weight. I, you know, but I know, honestly, I'm killing not so me. much fun with Skyrim still. I, I, I think it... Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, I that's that was my one worry about when the uh, special edition they announced it and all. I'm like, are people really going to be into it? Because people were more hyped, thinking maybe we'd get an announcement. You know, I, I thought this was too. This year would be too early for an announcement anyway. Right. But people were hoping for next year for an announcement. But with the special edition, I mean, that's probably you're looking two, three years off at least now. Yeah. I, I was just wondering how that would have hurt if that would have hurt the re-release of Skyrim but it seems not to have so I don't think so I you know it's it's pretty incredible um the the community that is evolving around around Skyrim even now four or five years after the game has been released I I feel like um it at least at least in the in the niche where I'm operating I really get a sense that there's a lot of renewed interest in the game, not only yeah. from players but from people who have decided they're interested in interested in modding the game. Um, we're still seeing some really incredible mods come out for this game, and I think the fact that Bethesda is, is launching a remaster and kind of doubling down on on Skyrim in a way is is an indication to people that they're committed and this is a thing worth building for because there's only more to come and uh that to me that's exciting uh look i started playing skyrim on the day that it was released and i have not bought another game for my xbox since then you know that's high praise i mean i yeah other than a second copy of skyrim oh wait a second and a third copy of sky i've bought this game four (laughs) times you should be able to get a free disc if you wear it out Holy hell, yeah. I think it's because it was spending too much time spinning. It, well, it was. I mean, literally, the, the first disc I bought 
the layers of the disc started to separate, started to come apart. It was peeling away, you know, and I'm like, oh, shit, I better buy a new disc. <laughs> so I bought another one and continued to play uh, and then went to PC. But, uh, whole, you know, when you think about it, uh, for me, the staying power of this game, um, you know, there, there, was, there was a lot to like in vanilla Skyrim. But when I got my hands on mods and then when I got my hands on Creation Kit and discovered I could build my own stuff... That's amazing. I was absolutely hooked, you know? So, yeah, I think it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, wh- where has the staying power come for you? I mean, what what is what is going on in your head when you play this game that makes you think, I, I have a choice to play 10 different games right now, but I think I'll play Skyrim again? You know, um, I... I still love the stories in it and just the the world itself. Like, mm-hmm. it, and now with even the little tweaks with even when I was playing on console and it was three years in and really three years into a game on console, you how could you have not have done everything at that point? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I would still find ways. Like I I played a you know I I don't role play as heavy as as you would do, mm-hmm. but um I'm very light role player I would say. But I like did a vegan character and I was like tried to play as a vegan character in the world of Skyrim, which is not easy. That's it. <laughs> what an interesting gameplay, though. I know, it right? Was, it was not easy to do. Um, there wasn't yeah. a lot of clothes available. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard of someone doing that. That's totally cool. Yeah, uh, like, that's true. So I did that on 360, and then I did, like, uh, you know, a character who was afraid to go into the cities after being arrested and almost beheaded, uh, as you probably would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I probably played 20, 30 hours on that character, just never going to a city, maybe more than that. That is uh, awesome. Yeah, so I found ways to it, and I still enjoy it because I just enjoyed being in the world. And then, uh, you know, when I finally moved over to PC, just even the little things you can do, like uh, bigger trees or uh, the enhanced cities, it, it just changes the game so much. 4K and, tree bark. <laughs> well, yeah, that that was... I'm uh, just kidding. God, that's hilarious. Voices from the Dark, that was his pitfall. 4K tree bark crashed his game. But, yeah, it's so true. And and I think that's one of the things that has me most engaged with the game right now as we start to work more with, uh, you know, the YouTube series like Expedition Skyrim where we're focusing on builds. And what is the thing about that play style that makes it compelling? Like you're saying the challenge of trying to play a vegan character. Holy cow. I mean, that's, that's something that you would never think about, but that I think that speaks a lot to the, you know, sort of the, the flexibility of this game that, and, and then the wide open nature of this game that all, you could do something as simple as instituting a single rule and it would change your entire game play experience. And yep. it makes the world look like a different place. Yeah which I think is pretty compelling. I mean, it means that you could play this game 20, 30 times over and, and have a completely different experience every single time and, and significantly different, not just like, you know, uh, surface level different. Right. You know. Yeah, there, there's just so many options available to you, even vanilla-wise, let alone mod-wise. That Yeah. When I hear people, like, when you would hear the people say, oh, I finished it in, like, 30 hours or whatever. Like, what did you finish? I, I always yeah. wonder what that means. I finished like, the game. Really? About? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what I really hate is when people say they beat a game. Like, they beat. Okay, yeah, you beat Donkey Kong, okay? Yeah, exactly. You didn't beat yeah. Skyrim. 
you don't beat it. You know, yeah. it's just weird. It's a weird thing to say, in my opinion, but that's just me. So anyway. Yeah, yeah it's bizarre. It's like they don't understand the game is probably what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Or they're yeah. only just assuming that it's something that you complete and then you put the disc away rather than figuring yeah. out another way to wear out at the disc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody's wired differently. I can't yeah. I can't yep. begrudge people for, the, you know, their, their play style. Obviously, my play style is pretty over the top, but... You know, it's not like if I'm playing Skyrim, if I'm sitting around in my house playing Skyrim, I'm not voicing my character. I'm not sitting in my in my dining room like yeah, you are. speaking as Vander. <laughs> you know, I'm not doing that. Yes, I'm, you are. I'm putting on a show, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 improvisational acting, if you will. And, and it's a completely different thing to me. Um, thinking of what I do as play versus performance, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, for me, role-playing has always been an activity that's going on inside my head as I play, and it's a framework that I'm using subconsciously most of the time to make decisions in-game based on whatever I think is reasonable for the character I'm playing. And that's why I would describe what you're doing, Mike, um, playing a character to be a vegan as being a role-play. It's it's a role-play. You're making decisions based on a set of criteria that makes sense to you and having a unique role play experience because of it. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the distinction for me anyway. So very cool. There's so much stuff that can just be done every single time you open up the game. And that's what I think is so much more exciting since you don't really beat it. I remember so many of the games that I played when I was uh, living with my old roommate when I beat the game, I never went back to it. This is one that because there's, well, quite frankly, there's a long way for me to go before I would consider beating it. Everything is still new when I fire it up. That's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Would you say, Mike, that given your play so far, have have you, do you think you've experienced all the quests there are to experience? Or are there still things that you haven't touched yet? You know, I'm trying, uh, in the... From the vanilla game itself, I I would think there can't be much I didn't hit um, because I had to have well over a thousand hours just on the console. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, I was only going vanilla then, so I, I'd imagine I'd hit almost everything. Um, right. You know, sometimes I get to things now and I'm like, wow, did I ever do this? But then I kind of remember it. But right. I don't know if that's just my old brain thinking I did it and I didn't really do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, there's those things maybe you did once uh, four years ago, but haven't been back to since. Right. Uh, so I do come across that from time to time. But I, that first character, I mean, I scoured the map for everything nonstop. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so I think I pretty much, you know, hit all of that. Uh, I haven't probably haven't played. Mm, I, I think I've done both ends of most of the quests where you can go, you know, two different directions, like in uh, Dawn Guard or okay. uh, Civil War, all that kind of stuff. I've I've generally done both. Yep. Uh, directions of those. And fought the Ebony Warrior. Yeah, yeah, I fought that. Wow. <laughs> I have never fought the Ebony Warrior because I've oh, never no. made it over level seventy. Oh. Wow. At what level do you know. find the Ebony Warrior? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Yep. Yeah, yep. you got to well, max I'm out. I'm only like sixty levels away. Mm-hmm. Hey, rollerbladers back! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is yeah. the Ebony Warrior. You just don't know what he's in <laughs> exercising. He's in, yeah, he's hiding right now. He's, he's sliding <laughs> behind. Him. Yeah, it's how yeah. he stays in shape. 
Yeah, working on the, the strengthening the groin with the uh, skating exercises. I didn't know that groin muscles were important. Oh, they are. Yeah, the if you're wearing heavy armor, you gotta have like you gotta have like rippling groin muscles. That's oh, a requirement. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry, did I say rippling groin? That was a, wow. I had to mute my mic for a minute there. <laughs> this is something I never thought I'd say. Wow. Uh, but I'm glad I did. You rippling know? groin muscles. I'm glad I did. In fact, that'll be the title of this episode. Rippling groin muscles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to Mike. That would be terrible. He would have his name associated with our rippling groin episode. Oh, I haven't heard some of my past podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll you'll have to point send send me some links to your your oh greatest my God. hits. Yeah, they're embarrassed. I know. Yeah, I'm not even gonna mention what it is because it was so it was it was a dark time. A dark, <laughs> dark time. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, let's see. Uh, you guys have this charity event. What what's the date of that? Yeah, good question. Uh, it's gonna be on October 29th, so the day after Skyrim comes out. Uh, okay. 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time, uh, New York time, essentially. Depending okay. on where people are. For our remote uh, listeners, can you repeat that again, Michael? <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Time October 29th, 10 a.m., 10 p.m. on our YouTube channel, ASA Podcasting. And uh, 10 a.m., that would be New York. Time. Eastern time. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Great. Let's make it easier. I think it's GMT minus something. I don't know, mm-hmm. four. <laughs> something like that. And imagine five. you guys got you got a whole kind of itinerary of events that are going to be going on in the stream that day. Yeah, we're we're paring down our schedule now. Um, actually, we have a lot of at the middle of the day is a lot of Skyrim. Plus, we're, we're going to also we're going to be on YouTube doing the podcasts and on Twitch. People are just going to be streaming different stuff. Okay. So we'll have both going, and uh, and obviously taking donations, things like that. And generally during the day, like last year, we had. Uh, we had so many different people hop on. I couldn't even name all of them. That's <laughs> right? cool. That, that is just cool. really cool, just, though. Uh, yeah, people from all different podcasts, um, and it it was great. So uh, we're hoping to. I think we raised five hundred eighty dollars last year, and uh, we're actually well on our way there already. And we haven't officially started anything. So amazing. So how are you guys taking donations? Um, well, there's two different ways. Um, like to be a part of the raffle, you can donate through PayPal, ASA podcasting at gmail.com, uh, friends and family. And then that way I can curate mm-hmm. a list. Um, and basically I do a random number generator. What is it? Random.org or mm-hmm. whatever. And, uh, you know, I'll pull out, everybody gets assigned a certain amount of numbers based on whatever donation. I think it's uh, for every $10, we basically give them a raffle ticket, essentially. Cool. Nice. Uh, then I'll just do, on YouTube, I'll, you know, screen share random.org and click on it and see what number comes up. <laughs> and, Sounds and good. And if it's your number, you got it. Awesome. Uh, but if you want to, dire- you know, donate directly to through CFF.org, that's great, too. It's a, For us, it's just about raising the money for it. Uh the raffle part just a way like a little incentive basically so either way it doesn't matter to us just if you donate through there because of the event just let us know so we can kind of keep a running total basically um of what's going on that's all sounds great sounds really great i'm looking forward to it i'm hoping i'm hoping i can clear some time in my schedule to to tune in so uh that that is very 
very cool. So, uh, folks, hopefully if, everybody will. Yeah, if you want more information on ASA Podcasting or the charity event, you can find all of that stuff at asapodcasting.com. And then also, if you're interested in listening in to Skyrim Addict or any of the other ASA podcasts, you can link to those from their website. Or what I like to do is I go out to iTunes and I search for Skyrim and boom, there is Skyrim Addict right there. Yeah, yeah that's that's a good way to do it. And usually, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of slots down the chain from ASA is, is Character Crusade. <laughs> Are you suggesting yes. people should click on that? Uh, no, not not at all. Um, I would be happy to read more five star reviews yes. for those of you who would want to hear. Yes, that. and and all of us are interestingly um, a, a few frames behind the the um, continuously and most and, and recently updated Thumcast. <laughs> I know it's amazing. Isn't yeah, it? isn't it amazing? Yeah, how how a person can just you know stop doing updates but still dominate the charts. It's I love yep. that. Mm-hmm. I love that. It must be nice. Um, yeah, uh, uh, and yeah. Keeg's, Keeg's Quest is always there as well. Oh, have you ever listened to Keeg's Quest? Yes, I have. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> that is amazing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that is amazing stuff. It a uh, whole new take on on Skyrim quests and stuff like that. I love it. Oh it's gosh, really it's wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, yeah, yeah. That was uh, for me. That that was um, something I listened to quite regularly. Uh, taking walks, I would go out and take a walk and put in Keeg's Quest, and that was my companion as wow. I was hoping around town, tempting to get exercise. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of cool things going on. I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping that you guys have have a good have a good uh, showing or a good turnout. Oh yeah, for for this event, I think it's very cool that you guys are doing it. It's, I think it's it's kind of uh, a neat thing to do, and uh, uh, we'll participate in any way we can. Certainly, we wanted to have you on to uh, get your opinions on Skyrim and and make a connection with ASA Podcasting and learn more about you guys and let our listeners know what all you got going on, but also kind of promote this cool thing that you're doing with CFF.org. So. Um, you know, I, I guess, folks, we are reaching the end of the episode. I, I would be open to uh, taking any questions via chat if people have questions for uh, Matt, Stu, or Mike at this point. Love to open it up. Um, I don't know. Do you? I wonder. We, we've probably got some some Skyrim addict fans who are listening in because. Yeah. Why is Mike, Mike's groupies following him. Mike, <laughs> you've got groupies, right? Oh, we seem to have <laughs> lost my chat session here. What did you do? What I, happened? I broke fight something. <laughs> Let me drop here. out of there. Uh, oh, see, my feed is going a little slow. Let's try this. Oh, sure. It'll probably work for you. <laughs> well, no, no guarantees. Mr. Fancy Pants. No guarantees. Pop out chat here. Generally speaking, shit does Server not work found. for me. Okay. Hey, Michael, is our feed still coming through on the uh, stream? I Yeah, I can still hear you in my headset. Yeah, we're still live. We're still the voice okay. in your head. We're still live. This is just a Matthew issue. That's, that's, that's really it. Okay. <laughs> All right. It comes that way frequently. Uh-huh. 
so yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens after the re- release of special edition. Uh, I'm anticipating, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to see the resurgence that I think we're going to see. I mean, indications are that we are going to. We've got mods out there already. We've got some hype around certain modders getting their hands on Creation Kit early and starting to convert things over. And from what I've heard from other modders is that the conversion process is really not too bad. So I think there is a very strong likelihood. Well, well, I've produced mods. I haven't produced mods to the scale that allow me to get advanced copies of things like Creation Kit. Uh, it has gotten me invited into some of the uh, modders' forums, which is pretty awesome. And from what I've heard, the conversion process is really not too bad. So um, Joe and I have discussed the idea of converting the House of Troubles over for console use, uh, hopefully within, you know, a month or two of the launch of Special Edition. Hopefully, I I would think by Christmas we could have something out so people could actually play around with the House of Troubles on console, which would be so much fun to to see how, how people like that. What do you got? There are a couple of questions here. One Let's is, uh, what's your favorite Skyrim character? And then we will follow that up with, what is your opinion on mod theft? <laughs> Who's a, Mike's Mike's <laughs> opinion on mod theft? Uh, yeah, Mike, what's your opinion on mod theft? <laughs> I, I am such a noob on mods that uh, <laughs> I know Victor has strong opinions on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I am uh, not well-versed enough to have an opinion. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think that the hard part about the amount of time that people put into their mods to have stuff lifted and reused without some nod to it um, is really tough. I mean, it, it really just comes from the world of doing a lot of uh, yeah. web development and everything else. So maybe I'm just a little jaded there. But you know, when you've poured your heart into something for a really long period of mm-hmm. time, and someone just usurps it and drops it into everything else, it's hard to feel like it, you sort of get the emotional payback. For all the blood, sweat, and tears, but that's just my opinion. Well, I think it's the prevailing opinion, especially among people who create mods. Yeah. You know? I mean, if, if somebody came and, you know, took the House of Troubles and converted it to something, some other format and put it in a secret link and gave that link to other people on yeah. the web, and that would piss me off. So if someone, yeah, you know, so if so, someone ported it for the Atari 2600, you'd be ticked? Uh, no, no, because I would get my revenge. Their experience would be so bad <laughs> that they would get whatever they deserved. Yeah. All right. What about the Xbox? What about the PlayStation? What, what if someone went in and lifted and, and uh, ported your mod? Uh, I don't know. Some people would say that I should be flattered, but I wouldn't be, you know. Uh, I'm not worried about it just because, you know, I'm not a huge modder. Uh, I've got six mods out there and, you know, several thousand Downloads mm-hmm. and you know a few hundred endorsements, which is great, but it doesn't hold a candle to the stuff that like Chesco produces or uh, you know Manga Club or yeah. you know those guys. I mean, they're they're producing, uh, putting a lot of work into multiple mods. You know, yeah, and, and I, I think that it's very, it's very accurately described here that mod theft, uh, Wolfieson notes that it really is the same as art theft. I mean, you can be incredibly yeah. good at your craft. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you've spent hundreds or thousands of hours, mm-hmm. you know, building something or even playing, right. uh, you know that that's how you got to be so good at it. Uh, I, I would have an opinion on it mainly because you know you see how much time people put into it. You you just don't want it 
walked mm-hmm. away because the experience that you built was as good as you could make it at that time. Right. May, it, may it get better later on? Absolutely. We've seen that with Karen Through Tower Reborn. Mm-hmm. How much better is that as an experience and how much time got poured into that? It'd be terrible to have that just ripped out and have someone else screw it up. Yeah, I, I think... As, as bad as it is for the individual who creates the mod, I think the scarier thing about it is that is the idea that perhaps a pervasive issue of, of mod theft might cause some people who have the capacity to create really awesome mods to stop making them. You know, so right. that that's what I get nervous about. Is you know, is uh, every every time I I see. Eleonora go into a rant on Twitter about somebody who's messing with her stuff. Yeah. I'm getting nervous because I'm like, God forbid she should stop making mods because they're incredible. You know, I don't want her to stop. You know, so and I think there's a lot of people who feel that way, and that's why you see a, a lot of people jump to her defense and, and start wrecking people who are doing things like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, I you know we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how the community changes and and what takes place once people start getting mods on console, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, to be honest, Bethesda, it's sort of their responsibility to step up on this. You know, if they, they want people to use mods on, on the Xbox, you know, and presumably on PlayStation, they're going to, they're gonna, gonna they're gonna have to take some steps to make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't go on. Not uh, to the modders. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just gonna alienate the people that really are supposed to be driving people back into the game. Oh yeah. So anyway. Well, I think we'll take two more questions if we can. One, let's get let's get Mike's answer though. I, I want to yeah, hear Mike. Mike's answer on this. Um, well, I guess uh, this issue of mod theft is one thing, but then also on the favorite character. Yeah. Oh, well, favorite character is odd. It's uh. And I was just thinking about it. It's a uh, Dernavir oh. in the Soul Cairn, the dragon, obviously. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. He's just uh, he's like Yoda or something. I don't know. He's so respectful and so uh-huh. regal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think he's like, you know, just there to kill you, and then you beat him, and then he waits for you outside, and is like, hey, look, you know, I yeah. respect you for uh, this this great battle you put up, and. I feel bad for him. He's stuck down in one of the most boring places in Skyrim. Yeah, and he's an absolute mess. Yeah, and, I'm, and you know? so, you know, I I think, I don't know why, I just, between him or Parthenax, but I, I think Dernavir just doesn't get enough credit for uh, just being a, a regal presence in, in the game. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. I like that. That's good. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, actually, honestly, it's a, such a, been such a long time since I went through that content that I can't even remember half of what happens. Um, I'm having that experience right now with the the series that I'm uh, I'm doing with the Demon Hunter for Expedition Skyrim. I'm going through content that I haven't touched in a very very long time, <laughs> um, and it's like reliving it all over again because there's details I just forgotten about. Um, it's very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm certain that I'm actually very very close to getting to the content you're talking about to Dernavir. So. Um, now I'm going to pay extra special attention to that interaction. So very cool. What else we got? Uh, one, of, a couple of other questions here. One, I'm going to try to summarize a little bit about creating classes for your characters to give higher levels of skills based on training. 
creating custom classes. Custom classes? Well, maybe have to come back and address that in another. Are we talking about mods that create yep. classes? Have you, or are have we you talking used a about... mod to create a class for your character, giving him or her higher skills, higher levels of skills based on their training? Um, I have not. I've not used mods, but I will say that I have... I have customized characters using the console to give them advanced levels in certain areas where I thought they should have them. Mm-hmm. Um, people who follow my channel know that very rarely do I start a character at level one when I'm doing a let's play. Um, that I don't would make a very interesting let's play. Well, I don't start. Long. I don't start filming content until I hit around level ten. And generally speaking, I'm using level 1 to 10 to get to know the character, to figure out what direction I'm going. And sometimes um, I'm, I'm advancing that character organically or I'm using console commands to give that character a leg up in a certain area that I think fits their story or their class style, if you will. Um, but I've never used mods to do that. Hmm. Mike? Uh, I haven't really used mods for that aspect. Generally, if I'm... You know, rolling a character in some way, I just focus on mm-hmm. what I feel like they're going to do, right. as opposed right. to using mods to do it. I, I just haven't gotten that deep into it. Um, you know, I'll pick mods that kind of fit the story I'm going for, whether it's a archer or you know a thief or whatever, but uh, just to enhance it in that way. Okay. Is is the idea of a class? Is that a holdover from? Is that a holdover from Oblivion? There were classes in Oblivion, right? Yeah, yeah, there were classes in Oblivion. Um, they were pretty flexible, though. Um, I, I think in uh, Morrowind they were more stringent. Okay. Hmm. I didn't play a lot of Morrowind, though. I haven't played any of that, or I haven't played any Oblivion either. So, I was going to ask you: Have you played any ESO at all, or had any any desire to play it? I tried it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, it just there was too many people running around in the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's basically what it came down to for me. Right. Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was my game. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not really an MMO player anyway. <clears throat> but I, I, you know, I, I guess that's what it didn't work for me. I, I played it in the beta, and then when it hit for Xbox One, I picked up a copy relatively cheap and tried it out. But probably right. put about ten hours in, but. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't for me. I I always wanted to just go back and play Skyrim. So, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. However, I will confess that um, I recently bought a copy of that, and you know, it's sitting there installed, waiting to be tried. <laughs> but I think uh, I I think the main reason that I that I decided to get it is I felt like it might be interesting to at least go in and explore the game from a lore perspective. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You know, but when you get into those areas, uh, you know, like some of those community areas where you're trying to pick up a quest or something like that. And, and there's 27 morons, you know, all jumping around and spamming, you know, spamming fireballs and, and stuff like that. It's like, man, this is so effed up. I just can't even deal with it, you know? Um, so I started actually talking to some ESO players through YouTube. 
mm-hmm. just to try to get some impressions from them. I'm like, you know, does the madness stop when I get out into the countryside, like out into the open? Does it get better? Does it does it feel more like like a sort of environment where I'd want to be? And they're like, yeah, it's a little bit better when you get out away from all of these areas that are the focal point for quest givers and stuff, um, you know. It, which I'm sure is the the case, but man, I it's I have a hard time sometimes getting past that that yeah, ridiculousness. Same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you're used to an environment like Skyrim, where literally every second of your in-game time can really be really atmospheric. I mean, you you know, even even when you you can go to an inn and you can sit in an inn and feel like the atmosphere is right, you know? Yeah. Whereas if it's a gathering point in ESO and you try to do the same thing, it's like you can never go and sit in an inner tavern because there's always there's always, like I said, twenty seven knuckleheads jumping around doing weird stuff, you know, <laughs> like I just don't want to see that, I guess. But I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence about whether or not I'm gonna do it. Obviously I've committed enough to buy the thing. So I at some point I'm gonna get in there, but you know that that experience along with the whole idea that there's i think there's you know MMO players experienced MMO players who are like well let's see if you want to do this the whole idea is that uh you got to follow XYZ strategy to advance your character to level 50 yeah. as fast as possible so here is the most efficient grind program that you can possibly <laughs> go on i'm like you know what if i don't want to do that what if I want to create a character who's just like an old duffer who wanders around the countryside experiencing lore? Can I do that or not? You know, I don't know. You can. I can? You can. I'm sure you can. Who says? People will just slaughter <laughs> you at every turn. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. I have one more question. Okay. There's a whole bunch more shoot, questions shoot. in the chat. So uh, for those of you whose questions we're not getting to, do I it. apologize. Come on. What is your thought about people writing fan fiction? about characters created for roleplay, whether they're including your characters or my characters or their own characters. How do you feel about people using roleplay characters in their own fan fiction? Um, so if someone wanted to write a story and included Vander in that or included Robard or included Inga or included Joe's characters or, or anything, how do you feel about that, uh, Stu? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Generally, I do. Generally, I do like it. I mean, I'm always flattered, you know. Um, and it's kind of interesting because somebody wrote a whole thing of fan fiction about Fleet Featherstone, which was my first, you know, well, my major Let's Play character, you know. Yep. And and I found it by accident. You oh, know, really? I, I completely found it by accident. I was um, on on Googly, on, on Googly and <laughs> I was... Uh, for vanity's sake, I was uh, Googling Fleet Featherstone to see what, you know, where there were mentions of, of him on, in different places to see where traffic was coming from. And this is at a point where, you know, YouTube analytics weren't quite as thorough as they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ran across a guy on a blog who was writing fan fiction based on that character and included actual, you know, images and stuff like screenshots taken from some videos. And I looked at that and I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> I, I like that. And, but the interesting thing about it was he was kind of following my storyline. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't writing um 
material that was completely original. He was starting with my storyline, my character, and then kind of doing his own thing after that, right? And I thought that was kind of cool, actually. And um, Katie Bryson, uh, I think it was last week, she did a piece of fan art of Vander, a really beautiful sketch of Vander, and she recorded a YouTube video of her doing it in in fast motion, right? Um, really? Using GIMP. It was and it it was really amazing and very cool. So I, I think it's I think it's awesome. We'll have to put up a link to that. Yeah. Katie's very talented. Um, very talented. She has her own YouTube channel and she does um, you can actually she'll do these live streams or whatever where she creates art using GIMP and you can kind of watch her do it. It's pretty cool stuff. So Okay, I lied. One more question. Okay. Uh, forty six years from now when they release the next game. What province do you want it to be set in? That one's for Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Mike. Take it away. What province? Hmm. 46 years now. 46. Jesus Christ. I'll be dead. But, um. Okay, so so uh, presumably a few months from now, if, if uh, Bethesda isn't completely toying with us, uh, two years, right? Let's see. I, gosh. You know... But the rumor is always that, well, not arguing, but, but uh, Black Marsh is always the rumor forever and ever and ever mm-hmm. in every article. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that, actually. I wouldn't mind kind of going to a different type of world like that since we we're in the mountainous areas and maybe going, mm-hmm. splitting uh, between that and um, drawing a blank on the, where the Gajidi live right now. But um, Elsewhere? What's that? Elsewhere? Yes, yes. Because that's, I, I that's Morse. Uh, desert-like, I, from what yeah. I remember. So splitting between those two would be pretty cool if they could because hmm. uh, you go to the swamps, you go to the deserts. Uh, I, I would like to go to more than one region, actually, in the next one. That, that would be my dream. <laughs> that would be pretty cool, yeah. I think, um, I mean, they, they haven't done anything yet that was focused on a region that was um, kind of revolved around any of the beast races, right? I mean, they haven't done anything that was focused on the beast races. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's been what? Morrowind. We've gotten Morrowind. We've gotten Daggerfall. We've gotten in Oblivion, which was mostly Cyrodiil, right? Yes. Yep. So, yeah, one of the other rumors I've heard is a lot of people speculating that the next setting is going to be Valenwood. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is the other, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess the Black Marsh one was a while ago. Black Marsh slash Argonia, they were calling it or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was 8 million articles. Uh, spammy articles about it. <laughs> yeah, eight million spammy articles. That pretty much uh, sums yeah. it up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you set up a Google alert for uh, what was the Elder Scrolls Six, you got every terrible article. In the oh world. wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some pretty, pretty out there stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the most recent speculation that I have heard has been on Valenwood, and. Uh, there was a new barrage of speculation that came out about Valenwood that was kind of making the argument that um, the idea of Valenwood being the setting was justified by some stuff that was um, that was leaked, I think, either on or before the launch of Fallout 4. Oh, and yeah. then, yeah, there's some kind of a some kind of a crazy memo. That was supposedly leaked, right? And then recently, when they launched the the, the uh, Nuka World expansion 
for Fallout 4, it kind of breathed new life into this whole conspiracy theory about Valenwood because, of course, Nuka World was listed in that memo. So it, it oh. kind of reinforced everybody's thoughts that that memo was legitimate. And there was an item in that memo that specifically mentioned something. It was I can't remember what it was. There was a line item at the bottom of that memo that said, employees shall not talk about the green something something, right? And everybody, uh, based on research and whatnot, were, were led to believe that that code name listed there had something to do with Valenwood. Right. I can't remember the arguments for it, but uh, I don't know. It's plausible as anything else I've heard. So. And the amazing thing is, is that we'll find out when they release it. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, usually. Or maybe we found out that all the maps were incomplete. <laughs> it's not going to be Skyrim 2, so get off that. <laughs> Skyrim oh, no, 2. No, no, no more Skyrim 2 articles, please. The return of Skyrim. Yes. Oh. Well, I want to thank you very much, Mike, for joining us tonight. This was super fun. Um, wonderful to have you on. And uh, I'm hoping that we can do this again very soon. I wanted to say good luck to you and your whole team on on your your charity event. I hope that goes well. And, of course, we wish you all the best for your podcast going forward. Um, I, I get the sense that you guys are rolling, like, uh, with no plans to stop anytime soon. So that's really good news. And um, I, I would say, you know, not only good luck on that, but, I think my my guess is you probably you guys probably got other projects in the works and things that you're going to be releasing soon too. So, um, just thank you very much for being on the show. We do appreciate your coming on. No, thank you guys for having me. I mean, it's just great to have like the Skyrim communities all coming together. It's like perfect, you know, because it, we all just enjoy playing the game and kind of have that, um, you know, that mutual interest, mm -hmm. and it's just it's just a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think there's really a strong and interesting community being built around the game. There has been for a long time, but with with the special edition coming out, I don't know, there's something gelling right now with Skyrim that I think is really unique and interesting for those of us who've really been diehard and been sticking with it and doing kind of interesting and experimental things with the game for all this time. Um, it's really exciting, the idea that uh, a whole new batch of enthusiasts might be coming into this thing and and really starting to enjoy not only the game but the content that we're producing and the things that we're talking about and all that stuff. I think that's a very exciting time. So, uh, very cool. I want to leave on a good note, reminding people about asapodcasting.com for more information on the upcoming event. Yep. And if anyone can figure out the mod that's causing the rollerblading guy, please let me know. That. I, I think is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Rollerblading guy. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> the Ebony Warrior. Yeah, the Ebony Warrior in training, uh, working on those groin muscles. All right. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank yeah. you, guys. All right. Well, we will catch you later. Uh, thank you, everybody, for attending tonight. We really do appreciate it. Um, you know, you can join us in a couple of weeks. We're going to have another live stream that will be coming f directly to you from some location in Skyrim, which I can't remember because I'm not looking at the that, damn list okay. right now, am I? And hopefully it won't have the screaming sounds from hell. Yeah, maybe not. Brainwaves. Ooh, <laughs> Bannered Mare. The Bannered Mare. The Bannered Mare. What a great Mare. location to be broadcasting from, Steve. Absolutely. I'm very excited about it. Maybe, you know what, maybe we'll do something special from the Bannered Mare and get some special guests um, in the room. Ooh. 
Yeah, maybe maybe Robard could play a gig that night or something. We can, that would be great. Yeah, get him in there. Love to have so, Robard in there. Yeah, thank you everybody for attending and for all of your support for both uh, our podcast and also for Mike's. And uh, you know what? Remember, it is not about the objective. It's, it's about, about the, the journey. Point. So go forth and experience. Well, thank you. Bow. 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 <laughs>